Gig Gab, episode 121 for Monday, June 26th, 2017. folks and welcome to gig gab the podcast by for and about working musicians here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton here in unbelievably hot las gatas california it's paul kent hey mr kent how you doing man i'm doing good except i'm about to play three gigs in a row in 100 degree weather <laughs> that's right so yeah we're recording this a few days early releasing on on monday the 26th that so we haven't actually had our weekend yet uh but <clears throat> We also didn't talk about our gigs last weekend uh, because we had Paul Costley on the show. So who was awesome, by the way? It was what a yeah, what a great perspective. Good, <laughs> and a good, a good guy. Yep. It, it was interesting because I didn't know much about him before you brought him on. Sure. And I assumed he was a sell more beer type of guy, but when he started talking about his background as a musician, I just it was just so refreshing to have a guy you know that he paid a band that was sent home and you know just just a lot of really great stories. Yeah. Let's hope more costlies around the world. You know, um, he and he is that kind of guy. Uh, I've like I said during the show, I've done enough gigs where he has been the agent that booked it. That um, uh, you know, I've experienced uh, some level of. I've never actually had him pay us for a canceled gig. Thankfully, we've never been in that scenario. But that didn't surprise me one bit. Um, and it is a pleasure, given the fact that he is probably the most popular booking agent in this area in terms of the number of clubs he handles. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. Guys. Yeah. So many times when, you know, especially when I got here and I heard, oh, yeah, that, that's one of those costly gigs. I'm like, oh, I'll throw a booking. <laughs> crap. And then I learned over time. I was like, oh, it's, dude, that's going to be fine. You know, you got to pay him his cut. But that's I mean, that's, you know, that's just business. That's OK. That's his job. Right. Yeah, That's no problem. Um, we started, though, talking at the beginning of last week's show about uh, something that I wanted to bring up. I played that gig the week prior filling in for a friend's band uh, down in Hampton Beach. Here in New Hampshire on the uh, they have this big seashell stage um, and it's a big stage. Uh, and and you sent me a note the, the next day. You're like, wow, that stage was huge. that You guys were on. And um, and, you know, I, I noticed it during the gig in the past. I've, you know, we all every now and then you have the opportunity. You wind up playing on a stage that's huge. And generally the first time, you know, when you're like whatever, it's 16, you play on a big stage. Everybody spreads out, you know, goes to the corners. Right. And then you finish the gig and you're like, that was awful. You were way too far away. You know, I'm not used yeah, to yeah. that. Right. And so then you just naturally sort of tighten up. And and that's just been the way it's been for decades for me. And for this gig, we didn't do that. Um, it, it was kind of weird getting set up. And it, it was the only gig I've ever played with this band. So not only was it the first gig, but it was it, there. There's no plan for another one. Uh, they've got a, a drummer coming in. They they just needed somebody kind of in the in the interim. And we're all good friends. And the same was true with the guitar player. He was also just filling in. And he actually plays a lot of gigs out your way. The guitar player, well, south of you in in the L.A. area with a Eagles tribute band yeah. called The Long Run. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, so we had rehearsed some and we knew each other and all that. But um, when we set up, there was no because there were two subs there, there was no rhyme or reason to the setup. In fact, it was a little bit harried, but we obviously we got it all together and, 
it was about halfway through the gig that I saw Kevin, the guitar player, kind of run from one side of the stage to the other, just, you know, to be to, to do some antics because that's, you know, it's it's fun to watch. And I'm like, man, this stage is huge. And the whole sound issue and separation issue never factored in. And I have to assume that it's because monitoring has changed for the better so much over the mm. last couple of decades. These guys were using a Behringer X32 mixer, which seems to be like the standard now for um, for anybody that wants to do, you know, higher, you know, sort of that wants to take a step up into digital mixers. Uh, they're very easy to use. They're really powerful. They're expandable. Um, and it seems like everywhere I go, that's the mixer people use. So I'm used to it. I know it's iPad app. I know it's phone app, you know, that kind of thing. And I was able to dial in an, an, an ear mix real quickly. It's just like, oh, yeah, I know how this works. And it was great. And, I, you know, I think because of the way monitoring is, I, I never – it just never dawned on me until I saw him run. It was like, oh, whoa, holy crap. This stage is huge. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I don't know. I mean, have you – you guys are such a big band. You probably breathe a sigh of relief when you get to a big stage. So I don't, I don't know, but you've experienced that in, in past lives, right? Where the, the, the two big stage is just too big, right? Yeah. Well, we learned a lesson. So, you know, most of the clubs we play in are ridiculously small for us. Right. Most of them. Right. right. And, you know, we are just, there's really almost, there's no room and it's uncomfortable, but everybody just kind of settles into their little two feet of real estate and they hang out there. Sure. And then, we do tend to choose uh, the the big events in the summertime where we can get out and, and entertain, and, you know, get the stage set exactly as we like it. Uh, and so we choose those. But there's still some, you know, like we played a beach gig last week and uh, it's right on the sand. Like they literally put some plywood down. Wow. Uh, and it's and it's, you know, like Simon, my guitar player, says my poor pedals. Right. And um, oh, yeah, it's, it's oh. just a disaster. But, you know, we have we have everything when you're when you're a big band, you're love when you get those big stages and you can, you know, feel comfortable. For right. Change. And uh, but you still, you know, a lot of the gigs just don't have that. So um, we have in our writer, you know, we have a request. We try to get 24 feet wide uh, as a minimum. Wherever that's, we that's can, a big stage. We, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's comfortable for us. Sure. For, yeah. Think, no, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. If you think along the back line, I've got five horns. Our drummer is not center back, like right behind me. He's he's really because of the five horns. He's pushed more he's to up left. Ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then uh, and then Steve is actually in the in the left, the bass player is in the right in the in the stage left corner. Yep. So, um, yeah, big stages are a blessing. But oh, actually, what I was going to say is, but we did learn the lesson a couple of years ago where we had a lot of room and we spread out too much, and you know it was just. Uh, not even with good monitoring systems, you don't feel the rest of the band. You don't hear the rest of the band right, you yeah. know, on stage. You don't, you know, feel the air going by, and uh, and it was bad. So, you know, we don't, we don't. Even when we have a huge stage, we don't take every corner of it because you know, having eye contact and having vibe contact is we learned is a pretty valuable thing. Is important. Yeah, I think I I, I suppose a a very relevant factor. Um, in my not noticing it with this band is that I have no other experience with this band. Right. So it yeah. wasn't like, Hey, Dean's not as close to me as he usually is. It's like, he's never been on stage with me. So who, you know, <laughs> that's, that's where Dean is, you know, <laughs> like no big deal. So right. yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that's it. it, it we were uncomfortable in, in that we were 
playing live for the first time together as that unit. So yeah, that makes but sense. But net net, I want to ask you about your um, second gig with, um, with the new band that you're with. Oh, What's yeah. the name again? Uh, Uptown Celebration. Uptown Celebration. Correct. Um, so you said the first band, the first gig was a little bit of a, of a, you know, strange set of circumstances, strange load in yes. slightly tense, not, not the most comfortable situation, but you knew that the second gig coming up that your bandmates had told you this one's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So now that you have two gigs is your head, you, you were actually uh, yeah. tense about it coming out of the first gig. I Are was definitely bitter? tense about it coming out of the first gig. In fact, when we met in California, I, th- I think you, 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 you could almost taste it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, I, I felt a lot better. It was, we had time to set up. We had a, a load in that was, you know, like, actually it wasn't just normal. It couldn't have been any easier. You know, we were able to basically pull right back up to where the stage was and, you know, just load stuff in. We had lots of time. It was good weather. Everybody was happy. You know, it's like, it was the, it, I, I don't want to, you know, the first gig was fine, but, but for all the weird stuff and all the sort of asterisks that we had to put on the first gig that I had with them, they were all 180 degrees reversed uh, for this one, yeah. including the fact that I finally got to do a gig with the, with Kelly, who is the, the normal female singer in this band. And so you finally got to experience the whole eighteen. I did. Yeah. And she and I had only ever rehearsed together once. I'd rehearsed twice with uh with Rachel who subbed for us with the um with the gig we did at the library. So uh I really you know, I didn't even really know this person. And uh and so it was a pleasure getting to getting to know her. We got to hang out, we all got to have dinner together and kind of cut loose a little bit and it was those it, things are really important, you know, that 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 bonding time when totally. you're waiting around for a gig. Yeah. It really, you know, I know that there's a lot of uh you know kind of pro musicians who can walk into a gig and it's you know, they're cool and everything like that, but they don't have any expectation right. of any of any bond. You know, I, I like those things. I like when you know, I like having a couple laughs with the guys and, oh. and uh, just kind of feeling that that camaraderie. I think it, it translates well to, to stage chemistry. That's the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the music is fine and it's fun to play and it's nice to get paid and, you know, all of that stuff. But but if you if, uh, if you don't get the opportunity to just hang out with these people, I mean, that to me, the music is better when you have that sort of bond. But I, I will say that that first gig at the library gave us all. Uh, at least in the short term and who knows, perhaps long term, one of those, uh, you know, shared miserable experiences. And again, it wasn't miserable, but there were miserable moments of it. And that shared misery really kind of helped fast track us to being more comfortable with each other. It was like, oh, mm. thank you. know, I mean, you go through, you well, go through hell crisis, with somebody. Right? Shared crisis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, OK, now we know we can trust each other, you know, and we can talk to each other a little more directly than maybe we would have uh, if we were just sort of, you know, tiptoeing into this together. It's like, you know, the sound guy had something to say to me about about volume levels at one point and uh and he just said it which is how i prefer it you know he's like yeah. dude when you do this you know you got to watch your level on on this and like oh okay great no problem and he's like really no problem i'm like it's fine <laughs> like i mean yeah dude like we all have our jobs to do and and you're out there so you can tell me you know what's going on he says yeah okay cool so, <laughs> but and now you um when you came out and played with us yeah you just zero right in on um on bonding with the bass player, right? Mm-hmm. Is that going on in this band as well? I mean, I know that that's a drummer bass player thing because that's the rhythm section. That's just driving the bus. But right. um, how's it going with this band with that? Yeah, Vic, Vic and I styles. Yeah, Vic and I have really started to bond well. 
Um, and it, I think it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we're both aware of it. It's like, Oh, we both think the same way about things. What does uh, that mean? Think the same way. Well, I think is it's you listening the, to your kick drum. Yeah, he is. And I'm listening to him, but he, uh, I think he and I come from similar backgrounds. So it's, you know, we're even, even coming into it, um, without a whole lot of experience together, we both can kind of predict each other. And, and he's a great guy. He plays the role in this band. He plays the role of what I call the onstage producer, right? The person that's thinking about, okay, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe in the moment, if, if it's, if it's something that we can be communicated or certainly uh, in rehearsal and, and after the fact, like, Hey, uh, you know, on that one tune, maybe the, the guitar should come up here and we should highlight that, you know, he's just, he's really paying attention to the overall picture it, in addition to his own playing. And, uh, and I usually fill that role in other bands that I'm in. So it's, it was actually kind of a little weird at first at the first rehearsal when I had him like coming and giving me all this, this, these thoughts that were in his head. It's like, dude, you're not, it's not, it's my job, but, but it's great because it, I mean, it's nice to, to have somebody else thinking that way. And especially joining a band uh, that's, you know, kind of got uh, momentum and a rhythm going. It's nice to yeah, have, that's cool. yeah, it's nice to have him say, okay, uh, yes, but you know, this, the, you know, he'll understand like we do, um, uh oh what's that soon? I can't think of the name of the song. Uh what decade? It's uh seventies AM gold female song. Uh I want to it begins with a D. Anyway, where we do this tune and on the on the record it's like 130 beats per minute. And so I that's where I counted it off. And we finished it once and he was like, yeah, no, dude, this band plays it slower. I know, I know what you're thinking. I know where you're coming from, but he kind of had that whole, you know, that whole picture of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it, you know, it's helpful, which is good. So cool. Yeah. yeah so on, onward to bigger and better with that band. Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to have a good time. Yep. Cool. It's going to be good. Good for you. Yeah. 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 So we got a couple of questions here, Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to start with Brian's. Brian's actually comes from our Facebook group which is on, uh, if you just go to giggabpodcast.com slash Facebook, you can find us there. And Brian asked this question there. We decided to uh, defer it to the show. Brian asks, how does everyone balance band life and home life? I've been a musician for close to 30 years, and it is a huge part of who I am. I'm also a father, husband, son, uncle, and grandfather. My family is super important to me, and I try to make time for them in and around booking, rehearsals, gigs, and all the other things that go into running a successful band. But a lot of times I miss things uh, because life happens on a very different schedule than music. We tend to book two to six months out, and life usually happens in two-week intervals. Many times when we're invited to bonfires, graduation parties, and the like, I can't make it because we have a gig. My wife isn't usually very thrilled that she either has to not go uh, as well or go without me. So again, how does everybody keep their families happy while maintaining their band responsibilities? Such a good question. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've been kind of going off into the more like how great is it that we're musicians thing. Yeah. But at the end, I would say most of the people who listen, you know, are, are the weekend warriors, like we say, and, you know, oh. that they have jobs and they have families and they have lives. So so first of all, so Brian, you know, from Allegan, Michigan, uh, he gave me a shout out. He called me a spirit animal, which I, I love. Know. So I will own that proudly wear that proudly you should uh, yeah that's awesome that's, cool. <laughs> that's really cool um, yeah so i love this question and i was thinking back to i have two relevant stories for this so 
One is my journey. So, you know, when I started the House Rockers 18 years ago, that would have made my oldest daughter um, 10. Okay. And then six, six and four, right? So three girls, 10, six and four. And I remember they came to the first rehearsal. Wow. That, well, not the first ever. Let me, the first time they came to rehearsal. Sure. Okay. Um, it was funny. The 10 year old was, uh, oh my God, my dad's going to be embarrassing me. The six and four year old were, uh, you know, overwhelmed by the sound. And my wife was still palpably, what does this mean to me? My husband has gotten back into this thing. Right. So she right. was, she was supportive without a doubt, but I could tell she was like, we have kids, you know, that are growing up and, and we had some conversations so, about it. So and, did you, um, you, did your wife, had you, is this the first time you had played in a band since you had been either dating right. or married to your wife? Is that right? Correct. Before okay. that, it was like, you know, softball teams and, okay. you know, other activities, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, this was like, oh, my husband has a new hobby type of thing. So I don't have that 30-year history that, that Brian has and certainly that you have, Dave. Yeah. But, um, you know, I got into it. And like we've talked about many times, it gets into you and, you know, it takes hold of you and it uh, changes you know, or brings out something in you. And so fortunately, back then, it was one rehearsal a week and like, you know, maybe eight or 10 gigs a year, right? For those first couple of years. Yeah, right. Very, very casual, very, very occasional. And, um, but it was still occasionally be an issue. And I knew it was an issue. I knew it was something I really wanted to do. Um, I know my relationship with my wife. And so, you know, what started then was a very focused that when I'm present with my family, I'm very present with my family. That was the one thing I knew, you know, that I, you, I had to, if I was going to make this work and get what I wanted and still make sure that there was harmony in the family, the first thing I had to recognize was like, if I'm talking about this constantly and everything, even though it was in my mind constantly, yeah. you know, but the first thing was about being absolutely present and that family time was absolutely family time. And so this went on for several years and, um, we get later in life and, you know, the kids are growing and the kids are you know getting out of school. And so, you know, my kids now are 29, uh, 26 and 24. So, uh, you know, they're out, they're on their own. My wife and I are in the empty nest. It's been mostly this way since the youngest was in college. And, uh, you know, she, uh, I think because I took care of business early on, she's happy that this makes me happy. Right. But again, the, the very foundation of this is your commitments to your family have got to come first. So if a gig comes up, you don't take the gig. Um, and you, your, your ability to be present truly there as you kind of socialize to your family, what it means, right? So as, as the band started getting busier, you know, I would talk honest about it. There were certainly some times when gigs would come in and my wife would be like, really another gig? Absolutely. We would have those kind of conversations. Of course. But now that it's an empty nest, it's actually a pretty easy thing. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's cool because she has her stuff that she loves. I have my stuff that I love. But when we spend time together, it's very still just like those early days. It's all about, you know, good, good quality time together and maximizing every second of that. So that's the biggest reflection I have on my personal journey was that 
I had to learn and I didn't get it perfect. Trust me. There were times when I would talk about the band, you know, when it should have been family times and the eyes are rolling and, you know, the wife is getting yeah. I mean, you know, this is a work in progress, right? right. Well, the, the but, reason that you can speak so um, wisely about it is because you have some experience that got you here, right? Right. But yeah. that would be the biggest thing I would yeah. say is, is, you know, be clear about expectations, be understanding. Yep. If it is a part-time thing, respect that it's a part-time thing and treat it like a part-time thing. Sure. If like Brian, if you're a 30 year musician and it is a part of who you are, which is my second story, you know, you really need to have some very, very frank conversations. And so my second story is about one of the guys in my band who, well, let me, let me, we'll circle back to you because, because I am that guy. Um, And, but the first thing I want to say is you're the, the, the focus on making sure that whatever time you do have with your family is quality time with your family. I think that's the key, man, because um, that's the that's the whole like, like that's it. And and I think that's true no matter what you're doing. Like when I'm on stage, that's where my focus is. It's quality time on stage or in the rehearsal room. It's quality time rehearsal room. But when I'm home, it's quality time with the family. When I'm at, at right. you know, when I'm at work or, or doing something for the business, whatever that means, it I need to be present there. And and I think that's the key. You're, you're never going to be able to if you have varied interests. And I, I think almost by definition, we all do, whether whether music's one of them. I mean, I think if you're listening to this music's probably one of them. But regardless of what they are, there are going to be times when. You know, I, I mean, I love my family. I love my kids. And, uh, uh, you know, they're they mean everything to me. But I don't I know it's not healthy for me to just be with or them, frankly, for me to be with them 100 percent of the time. But when I am with them, that time is carved out for them and focused. So and and, and again, I mean, just like you said, I've learned this the hard way sometimes, uh, but you know, you can, you can pick it up pretty quick. You're like, Hey, I wasn't really present when, uh, when we were all hanging out, that sucks. And if you do have younger kids, uh, really kids of any age, you know, you learn very, very quickly how fast that time and how limited that time is, True, you know, and, and we're, we're uh, and thankfully all four of us uh, in, in my house, my, my wife and I, and our son and daughter, are are all sort of you know palpably aware of the fact that when we get to hang out together these are limited oppor- like this will change very very soon you know as they start going off to school and and this other stuff so so we really do kind of cherish those moments in the moment which which I think is good um and and I've been you know my I met my wife because of music uh, she, we really met actually attending a show for another band, but then she started coming to see my band. And so I always joke that she's the groupie gone awry. Um, mm-hmm. but, but what that means is that she understands, uh, that music is a part of what I do. And she has experienced, I had one kind of lull where I didn't play for six or eight months, and it was just a bunch of circumstances that I was playing with a, a couple of different outfits and they just sort of sort of fizzled or went into to, to, to hibernation for a little while simultaneously. And so I just didn't play. And, and you know, she knew it, perhaps even better than I that that was a bad thing. So so she she grocks the fact that 
that it's good that I play. But again, you know, just like you, we have those conversations, man, where well, your wife is a music fan, right? She is, but she hasn't always, she's not necessarily a fan of every band that I've played in. So there was a long time where she never came out to see me play. Like when I was playing in the blues band in Texas, she came and saw that band once. And she's like, I, I hate this. So I'm not oh, going to show, I'm not going to show up for this anymore. And I'm like, that's fine. My wife is actually not much of a music fan. She's mm. not a big live music fan. Right. She likes right. to she's not dancing and she likes to socialize, but you know, she's not interested in, Oh, that's a great song. You know, that, you know, she, or, you know, wow, you're covering so-and-so, you know, she's not really, that's not her biggest thing. And, and she supports me tremendously, but, um, our wives are slightly different that your wife totally. loves to go out and hear live music. And so just, just different. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, an interesting ladder. So, so, um, we should talk a little bit about, cause we've had four or five episodes that have dovetailed to the people behaving badly topic. And so one of the topics uh, regarding how you balance life and, uh, you know, being a musician is all about, um, what happens at gigs, right? So th- and there's a few different aspects of this. I love when my wife comes to see me play and she's actually a very creative focus for me when I, when I play, like, you know, mm. I know, like know where she's in the room. I love it when she's dancing, having fun. It makes, you know, I think I'm doing a good job if I can, you know, put sure. a smile on her face. Of course. That's yeah. really cool. So, and then also we play a lot of these outdoor things. Like you've started doing your fling fests with, which is a family friendly thing Yeah, and kids enjoy it. And it's a way for kids to kind of your kids and my kids to kind of connect with this part of their dad yeah, to see how important it is to them, see how, you know, how committed and convicted he is to this, you know, expressing this creative part of his life. So the, the part that I would, I would share with this. Now, again, every band is different. If you're in a, if you're in a, if you're 20 years old and you're getting into a relationship and, but part of your vibe is that, you know, you're, you know, uh, um, playing to the other six. Well, yeah, if you're, yeah, I guess Uber that you're a musician and the things that happen, I would definitely say that one of the things to be hyper-focused on is, uh, don't be naive about how, much stress that can put on a relationship. So you being a musician, you being around people that are drinking probably too much, you being around um, people of the opposite sex, you know, whether you're a female front person or a guy front person, yeah. you know, one of the things that can ladder in stress into the relationship and, and ultimately, you know, maybe push you to some very difficult situations is how you are real. Now, you know, I started 20 years ago. So, you know, in my late mid thirties is when I started picking this up again. And, and, uh, you know, it was never about being a matinee idol, you know, for right. me, it was really, it was really about that visceral feeling. Some people get into music because of, you know, the way it makes them feel socially. And that's, you know, one aspect of it. But all I'm saying here is, is that, um, if, if you are in a band where the vibe is to attract people of the opposite sex to come, be really, 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 aware that that is a stressful thing on your significant other. Yep. I don't know if I'm saying this quite clearly enough, because I'm not saying that you're trying to make your significant other. I'm just saying if you're naive about it, and no, your you can't, other you is can't not naive about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can't be naive about that. And in, in, you can't even be, uh, uh, the, the, I don't even know if naive is the right word, but you can't, you can't play the ostrich with that and just kind of put your head in the right. sand and say, exactly. well, I ignore the fact that that's the reality. So it's not the reality. And nah, you know what it is. And you need to be aware of that. Yeah. It, As I mean, a married person, yes. I knew, I knew from the beginning that that, that will end up being a, a game breaker, right? Like a, like a line in the sand type of thing. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah. There's never any interest in even in even wandering over into that territory. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I think of the regular people to come to see us. They all know that I'm happily married and very committed. And and uh, it's, you know that's actually part of my vibe. And that's that's part of assured you know, long-term viability for me is that, you know, because, because that is just, you know, such a stress on a relationship. And and a lot of times it comes from, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't mean anything, but you cannot, like you said, you cannot be naive and put your head in the sand. You have to own that if you want to keep harmony at home. Yeah. It's funny. Our, our keyboard player and I, we played, um, right down almost across the street on Hampton beach the other night. Um, bare naked ladies had played next door at the casino ballroom. And then we played, you know, the, the, it's not the official after party, but it's the club that everybody has to walk by as they're leaving. And so the idea is you play, right. You draw people in. Yeah. And, uh, and so we played and it was a great crowd. That's a perfect fit for the, the fling, you know, type of, of vibe. And so we actually had a good crowd before the show let out. And then we had a fantastic crowd after the show let out and, and people were happy and really into it and very conversational and, and all of that. And at the end of the night, as we were packing up our, our keyboard player and I, he kind of turned to me and he's married. Everybody in fling is married and, and happily. So I, I, if anybody in fling even has designs to, uh, to have extramarital relations, it, it is not obvious at all to me. In fact, it exactly the opposite is, um, good. which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say I know whether, or, but, but they, I mean, I would be shocked to be perfectly honest with you. And so, so he turned to me and he said, and there was, there was a group of, of women, uh, a, a little bit younger than us uh, in general, but 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 definitely, you know, enjoying the band and interested. In, and and he turned to me and he says, "Not that I want to act on that." And and obviously, there's nothing happening. They you know they had already left or whatever. He says, "But it's a nice feeling when you know you you've got uh, members of the opposite sex that are you know interested in what you're doing and all that stuff." And and I said, "Yeah, it's a nice feeling." And and then you leave it there. And he says, "Oh, absolutely." Right he says, yeah, yeah. yeah. He says. That that would be like the worst decision I could make. So much so that it didn't even enter into my consciousness until after they left. I'm like, right, perfect. There you go. Yep. So, yep. so the other story I wanted to share was one of the guys in my band. He actually, over the course of time, we'd been in a band. He got in a serious relationship that ended up with them getting engaged. Sure. And uh, over the time that they were engaged, all of a sudden, um, things like, well, you'll be gigging less once we got married. You know, started started to be that type of thing. Right. And um, he was getting really, really stressed by this, you know, and we were at a pre band dinner and he was kind of commiserating. And and, uh, one of the other guys in the band who had recently gotten married. So these are two relationships that have started since they've been in my band with me. Sure. He said to the other guy, he says, you know, you really have to say, I'm a musician. This is who I am. This is what you're marrying. Is this still cool? So there's the other side of it, right? So there's the, there's the, you know, once you're married, if you're introducing the new thing into the relationship, you have some responsibility for that. But if you're engaged or, you know, in a serious relationship and someone wants to change something, assuming you're not going to be the same person once you take that next step, that's something you still have time to have a very frank conversation and make sure everybody's very clear about what it is. But it always struck me. It always kind of stuck with me that thing like I'm a musician. This is who I am. This is what I do. A 
are we clear that that's what's going to happen? Right. Are we, and, yeah. And, is there is there any right? Yeah. You and it's. I mean, it's that ostrich syndrome. Uh, uh, you know, on the other side of the relationship, it's like right. you can't. Let's not ignore any aspect of this. In fact, you know, I'm going to be out late. I'm going to be in clubs with people drinking. I'm definitely going to be playing gigs. There's like that's not going to end. So, right. You know, this is how that works. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's everything from true casual weekend warrior to, you know, hobbyist to semi-professional to professional. Right. 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 So, you know, if if you're putting food on the table through this, that's one type of conversation. Right. Yeah. If uh, if it's. Part of your total income, you know, that's another conversation. If it's something you do on occasion for fun, that's a different type of conversation. But I think it's all about just being very frank, yep. uh, honest, sincere. doesn't mean that the conversations will always be easy or pleasant. No, no. And there's, there's be blind to the effects of what you do. Right. And, and, you know, I, so t- kind of to get back to, to Brian's, I mean, I think we've explored what Brian's question is. Um, but the practical for me, anyway, the practical side of this is as gigs come up and I am offered gigs and, and things happen, I really am always thinking about, okay, uh, you know, how many other gigs do I have in that given month or, you know, around that time? What am I like? I don't want, generally speaking, I don't want to gig three nights in a row. I often don't even like to gig two nights in a row. Sometimes it happens and that's fine, but I wouldn't want to do that every weekend. And and it's not that I don't want to gig. It's that I want to spend time with my family, you know, and, and I also, you know, have a a business to run and work to do and all of that because I got to, you know, I got to eat. And, uh, and so it, there is a very conscious part of me looking at, and you know, there's things that I like to do with my family. Like you said, you know, Lisa is a, a big live music fan. We enjoy doing that together, not just with her in the crowd and me on the stage, but also with both of us in the crowd. And, right. you, you know, and so we like to do that kind of stuff. So it, it is a balancing act for me. And I know that any decision I make impacts other people. It, it either is going to impact my availability to my family, which Often, but not always, means that they don't get to do something that we would do together as a family because we're not together as a family or can't be together as a family. But it also, on the flip side, impacts, you know, my bandmates or whomever it is that I'm, uh, you know, being asked to play with. Because if I say no, well, it, you know, depending on the scenario, it might mean they can't gig. And and so there is this responsibility. And I mean, I've chosen this for myself. It's not like I'm sitting here and saying, poor Dave, you know, he's got to pick between these awesome things because that's really what it comes down to. I lead yeah. a pretty charmed life. Right. For sure. Y- you know, but but it does. It, there are times and it's it's probably more often than I stop to think about where it's like, oh, it's you know, it's pretty stressful trying to think about, OK, yeah. All right. I'll figure that out. I'll figure this out. And, um, and then I just do it. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it goes. So yeah, I hope that helps people. I mean, I think it's a, you know, it's, it's own your situation. Don't be naive to it. Mm. Uh, be, be present is the, is the greatest thing. I mean, my band booking has gotten away. It, it's too much, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, your words, not mine. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, I think, yeah. I think some of the guys in my band who it's their income wouldn't say it's too much, but sure. any of the guys who have a relationship and, you know, my, uh, this year would be the, the pinnacle of that. And even this year, the funny thing is after last year, which I thought was too much, 
the way I tried to combat that was I took one weekend off in June, July, and August and said, we are, you know, if you want to go camping, you know, go, go on vacation, sure. yeah. here's one weekend, but it still seemed to like fill in. And, um, you know, again, I'm an empty nester. So we, you know, there's a little leeway there. Right. This, this somewhat implied, well, you know, I'm a musician and music things happen on the weekend. So assume, you know, on the weekends, something's going to happen is kind of the unwritten conversation. I actually haven't had that conversation with my wife. And that's, I'm thinking about that now as we say it. Yeah. That's how, that's how cool she's been about it. Like she just takes it. But I will say I make extraordinary efforts. Like on these gigs where it's like a, a festival or a concert show, 6 to 8 p.m., I try to get the hell out of there at 8.05 and still get a date night in, you know, after a gig. Yeah. That's yeah. like, like if it's, if it ends early, don't make it be the whole night. And that's a, you're demonstrating an interest in, you know, putting vibrancy into your social life, right. With yep. your, with your significant other. Um, and that it's not everything. So, you know, when there's short gigs and I can just get in and get out and still have an evening or an afternoon that I can spend time that, you know, that goes a long way, I think. Yeah, so, totally. And, and yeah. you know, one thing I would I would uh, share is that I tend to schedule time with my family. I mean, obviously, if we're going to a concert or you know doing something, I put that on my calendar. But, you know, like last night we went we just the four of us, we just picked up, you know, wraps or whatever and just hung out at the beach. And yeah. uh, and so I put that on my calendar so that I wouldn't book something else. It wasn't just an open night. And, um, and I found that I've actually, I've, I've been doing that pretty much my whole life. In fact, I remember when I first started dating Lisa, she asked me once, uh, you know, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I said, nothing. And she said, you want to get together? And I said, no, you didn't hear me. I actually have nothing scheduled nothing. on my calendar. Like none I, dot none. yeah, I, I need a night where I'm like home and like, can just chill. And it's not that, you know, i have laundry scheduled or this or whatever. It's like, I need, I know for me. I need time to just decompress and like just, you know, mess around on the computer and do things because that's that's what I do in my day job is is the things that happen after I mess around on the computer. And then I start businesses yeah. from that. Right. So that's I, actually you just got to know yourself and and then schedule those things. So it'll be like, oh, no, this Friday night is family time. I don't know what we're doing, but, you know, we have this thing scheduled and, and we are together. So, yeah. And, and I would say relative to that, be keenly aware of a musician's occasionally innate tendency to have a little bit of narcissism. So hmm. what I mean by that is remember family first, right? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's going to agree to this family first. What's not good is in that time that you have available, you don't make your family feel like a burden, you know, for the, for the pleasure of spending time with you. Right. right. Oh yeah. That's a whole different chosen. Yes. Right? right. You've chosen to have this extra aspect of your life. And again, especially if you've added this back after you've, you know, like a lot of guys who picked up their instrument again, you know, you've gone through college, you got a career started, you got a family started sure. and you want to get back to this thing that has meant something to you. I get that. I totally get that. Remember, you've added this thing back in. Nobody right. signed up for this. If that's your case. Right. And, you know, like, ugh, you know, I work 40 hours this week, 50 hours this week, you know, and I had three gigs. I'm exhausted. I need time just for me. That's a pretty good, pretty good death knell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might need time just for you, but remember to the people that the people that you aren't with when you're doing any of those things. So when you're with your family, you're not with your band. When you're with your family, you know, when you're with your band, you're not with your family. They all see that as time for you. Like <laughs> that's that that umbrella definition is you mean the time when you're not with us. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. It's true. 
Yeah. So, you know, th- this is the commitment that you make. Be present. Yeah. Be, you know, be cool. You know, be a good person. Be, you know, be with the people you're with. Give them the best that you have. Understand, you know, what, what, what you situation you have created for everybody involved. Yeah. Whether it's multiple bands, whether it's, you know, family, you know, heaven forbid that, you know, it's people with families and extended families, you know, children that live elsewhere, that type of thing. Yep. I mean, it is very hard, but, um, you know, be careful of, uh, I'll say this gingerly, be careful of saying that music is the one sane thing in your life. I've heard that a lot, yeah. you know, whatever the situation in your life is, you know, people are what's most important. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the connections to those who care about you, you have to, you know, very much hold that up to the light all the time and understand that music is for many of us, again, not if you're putting food on your, on your, t- and that's your skill and that's how you're going to get by in life. I get it. But, um, you know, for most of us in this weekend warrior category, try and maintain that perspective like you said, Dave, you, you know, you and I have amazing, charmed lives, right? Totally. It's, I don't think it's by accident. You know, I, no. I think we're good guys who, no. who invest in that. But, um, you know, count your blessings on a regular basis. And, you know, your significant other and your families are probably should be should be number one, you know, in that in that list of things you're counting. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say is, uh, you know, I, to, to your comment about people who say music is the only, you know, is, is the, the sanity break for me or whatever. Um, I've never thought about it that way, but you know, my favorite thing in the world is a moving target. And often, in fact, if, if I'm, if I'm playing my cards right. And, and like you said, I've, I've intentionally set things up this way, but most of the time, my favorite thing to do is the thing that I am doing right now. And I don't just mean podcasting, although right now I mean podcasting, <laughs> right? But, you know, like, like uh, I'm going to hang out with my family later. And while I'm in that moment, that's my favorite thing. Like if you ask me, do you want to go play the drums right now? I'd say, no, I, I want to be here with my family. But, you know, if I'm sitting there playing my drums and I've carved that time out and I know that I have that time and it's all it's all good. And thank goodness I have a family that, you know, obviously we talk about this stuff, but they understand it. We all understand we're all different people. They afford me that. And so when I'm playing the drums, if you said you want to go hang out with your family right now, I'd say, no, I want to be on stage with you guys. Right. That yeah. that's my favorite thing to do in the moment. Well, and- you know, I, that's the thing is, is being present in whatever you're doing is, is I think you can say is, yeah, is that's a key it. to life. Right. That's yeah. a key to happiness in life. Yeah. Are you really there when with your family? Are you really there when you're with your band? Are you really there when you're at work? Are you really there? I think that's not a bad you know, no. life strategy. But, and it's a good if you can set yourself up that way. And I highly recommend exerting as as much effort as you possibly can to do that. Um, but it also affords you a very valuable barometer. I, as we're having this conversation, I remember playing in a band a number of years ago and there were some lineup changes and it, I, it turned out that I hated the bass player. He, he and I, I mean, as a person, he was actually quite fine, but he was an awful bass player for me. I think he might've been just an awful bass player, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I only have the perspective of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to the point where I would, I would get to the gig early and make sure I was generally in charge of the sound. I would tweak the sound so that I couldn't hear him or I just hear like the rumble of his bass so that I have that sort of comfortable low end carpet, but I couldn't actually discern what he was playing. And, and then I'd go like to the bar and have three shots or something. And then I'd go play the gig. And, uh, and I did this like three weekends in a row or whatever. And then it hit me. I was like, I like, I don't have to be here. I don't like I am going out of my way to make this as as least 
you know, intolerable as possible. Sure. But I don't have like, and, and so I, I gave my notice. It was like, you know what? I, this isn't my thing. I, I, I'm not having yeah. fun. And they were fine. You know, it was all worked. It all worked out. But, um, but yeah, it, it and that it was, had I not organized my life such that most of the things that I do, I enjoy, uh, I don't know how long it would have taken me to notice that, but it, and even then it still took like three weeks. Cause I mean, I, you know, I, it's I, these gigs are the thing I do. They're on my calendar. I must go do them. And of course I, I do, but you know, if you're not enjoying it and it's not the thing that's putting food on the table, get out, do, you know, Ooh. find another band. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Sweet. Fun stuff. This was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Great, great question, Brian. Thank you. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's all we got for uh, for this week. Have a uh, splendid weekend. You got you got gigs coming up, Paul, this weekend. I got three hot gigs coming up. Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah. Tonight is the worst. It's really crazy hot today. <laughs> okay. And uh, I had to ask the the organizer to get some tarp uh, canopies up because otherwise yeah. it'd be straight in the sun. Making sure that they provide water and you know, doing whatever we can. It's just it's just hot and it's, it's just hot. you know it's yeah. just hot. Just and, do what you can. And, you know, yeah. Do what you can. Yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a fling. Actually, one of our fling fest on Saturday, it's the first one that we will do that my daughter is not playing at. Uh, she will be there in attendance, but uh, one of the guys in her band uh, is out of town for this one. So, so they're not playing, which will be a little weird, um, but it should be, I mean, it, actually we have a cool little lineup going, so I think it'll be a blast. And All then, right, and then Sunday night, I'm doing another madhouse, which I had to chart out today mm-hmm. using my, my new patented chart out system. So, Hopefully that works. Good, man. Yeah. Well, have a great weekend. Thanks Enjoy everything. Take it easy. And uh, here we go into summer. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. Happy summer, everybody. Good stuff. Always be performing, even when it's hot. Drink a lot of water. Yeah, stay hydrated, my friend. 